Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Today's reading is from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is the one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. Amen. Spilling water. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jim. Jim Vassar, my friend, is an amazing man of God. And it's a privilege to have him read for me, for us today. So thank you, my brother. Well, my name is Greg Sexton. I am the care pastor of Generation Church. Um, it's good to have you with us today. I say good morning and welcome, like everybody else has said. Uh, if you're here with us in the Rex, glad to have you with us here. If you're joining us online, good to have you there at your house or wherever you are. If you're watching this at some other time, we welcome you as well and are glad you're listening and watching. Um, so what's a care pastor? Well, I visit and pray with people in the hospital and they're sick. Um, I'm over the prayer team. I care. <laughs> Whatever that is. Anyhow, so everybody else cares, but... I'm just given the responsibility of caring. <laughs> so, anyhow, um, would you pray with me as we start? Holy Spirit, I love you. I love you, Holy Spirit. I welcome you, Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, we wonderfully worship you. And we love you. We pray, Lord, that you would give us revelation, Holy Spirit, of who you are and for the power that you have for us. And we pray you would help us to receive and activate that power, power to preach and speak to others, power to love on people, power to heal the sick, all those things that Jesus did. And we want to receive that power today. Help us, make us hungry, Holy Spirit. Make us open, Holy Spirit. 
to what you want to do in our lives. We pray as we were singing a few minutes ago, Lord, that you would remove all the barricades in our hearts and in our lives and our souls that would keep us from saying, I'm all in, Jesus. I'm all in, Holy Spirit, and I want all that you have for me. And I thank you for everyone who's listening. Holy Spirit, I give you control of my tongue, control of my mind, control of this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, happy Father's Day, as everybody said earlier. Um, It was a blessing for me today on Father's Day because my son was playing lead guitar. My grandson was playing uh, keyboard over here. So, and I'm preaching. So, what a day. Hallelujah. So, you know, it just kind of fell that way. It wasn't like intentional. It just worked out that way. It wasn't like, you know, but anyhow. Um, uh, I'll show you a couple pictures. So this is my son and I. We were flying back from Greenville, South Carolina last night, uh, yesterday afternoon. Unfortunately, here we are in Greenville. There's a couple pictures in the city park uh, downtown. Greenville has a beautiful waterfall. And that's my son, Adam. He's the pastor of fa- uh, family ministries here. And unfortunately, you know, it's great. I was able to have a weekend with my son. It was awesome. But there was a purpose in us going. Um, we had a friend um, who was one of our former pastors who passed away a couple weeks ago. So we went for his funeral to be with his family and love on them, care for them. So we got back about 9 o'clock last night. So if, I'm sleep, if I look sleep deprived, I am. <laughs> but I'm trusting in the power of the Holy Spirit, which I'm talking about today, to speak to you. And I've been praying for you since we started playing these messages. I've been praying for you to be here. And for Holy Spirit to speak to you as he already has through this series. Um, So we're talking about the God I never knew. Learning about the person, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Pastor Luis started the series several weeks ago with who is he? Introducing Holy Spirit. He shared how many of us may know many things about God the Father and God the Son, Jesus. But we kind of have questions about or maybe even some fears about Holy Spirit and what he does in our lives. You know, it's very mysterious. I mean, you know, you know, all the things that happen. And, you know, it's, the Bible says he's like a wind. He comes and goes, and you don't know what he's going to do, you know. So people are like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that stuff, like the Holy Spirit stuff, because that's kind of weird and goofy and scary. Well, you can look at me. That doesn't scare me at all. <laughs> you know, um, I shared the first service. I grew up in church. In fact, this is right now. Uh, never mind. Let me go back to this. Let me do the rest of the messages here. Sorry. Got distracted. Again, no sleep. Okay, so <clears throat> my son, Adam, shared the message, Is He a Person? Explaining that Holy Spirit has a mind, will, and emotions just like we do. And he helps us to think what God thinks, to desire what God desires, and to feel what God feels. Pastor Brian shared the third message, is he Pentecostal? Does he have tall hair and long dresses? Okay. He is Pentecostal, but that's not what Pentecostal is, tall hair and long dresses. Okay. He explained all about the meaning of Pentecost, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes also, and how we can experience the power of Pentecost. Pastor Taylor shared last week, part four, is he charismatic? Defining charismatic, grace gifts, okay? Explain the gifts of the Holy Spirit, what they are, what they're about, what they do. It's our goal in this series to demystify Holy Spirit 
and encourage all of us to grow closer to him and receive his presence and his power into our lives. Okay, so I hope that if you haven't been able to hear all those messages, I would hope you would go to our website, go to um, resources or whatever, and you can watch all those messages at your leisure. Um, so they've all been very helpful, and they all kind of build upon one another. So we've got today and next week. So we're uh, so today we're asking, does he baptize? Hopefully, you were handed up uh, or picked up a teaching outline uh, as you came in. You can kind of follow along, engage by filling in some blanks for you. If you didn't get one, they're on the table right uh, by the entrance to the uh, exit there. Okay, so my experience is similar to many people who didn't grow up in Pentecostal or charismatic churches. I grew up in church and was taught about, I mean, from birth, my parents were believers. Um, I was taught about God and the Bible from birth. Both of my parents were Christians. Like I said, my father was a part-time church music director when I was little until I was 11 or 12. We were in church every, almost every time the doors were open, and our doors were open a lot. <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday school, worship. Sunday night, training union, worship. Monday night, visitation. Wednesday night, prayer meeting. Activities on youth group activities. You know, it was like you know we were it's like a revolving door really, but we were always there. I was always there, and guess what? I am so thankful for that heritage that I have. That I was taught for a young, from a young age that you know you give your life to Jesus, and it's not just about having a badge, but it's about living a lifestyle of devotion. So to Him, but. Um, I was taught about the Holy Spirit, you know, I, I learned about the Holy Spirit, that he was part of the Trinity, that he convicted of sin, that he revealed Jesus to us, that he would lead us and guide us if we listened to him. I was taught that his main job was to interpret and help us understand the Bible, the Word of God, and of course, that he inspired all the writers to, uh, to write and record for us, and that is absolutely true, all those things are true. Holy Spirit does all of that for us. But we didn't talk much about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if we did, they were kind of changed from what they were in the early church. You know, like healing was done by doctors now in medicine. That um, tongues were known languages that could be learned and studied. He, uh, prophecy was either studying about the end time, you know. I mean, scared to death by left behind, etc. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, that might happen. But anyhow, um, but that was prophecy. Like, okay, what's happening according to the Bible? What's happening in the future? As opposed to a gift where somebody tells you what, you know, God wants to say to you at that moment. Um, and you got wisdom and knowledge from studying and learning. So basically, the gifts of the Spirit were kind of changed into more natural things, not supernatural things. The only baptism I knew about when I was young was the one after you asked Jesus into your heart. We had a baptistry behind the choir loft, and regularly, I, you know, I don't know, whenever we had need of it, um, the, the pastor would be there, and, you know, somebody would come in the water, and he would lower them in the water, say some words, and, you know, it was awesome. Um, but that was the only one I knew about. But the Bible actually talks about three baptisms, which we're going to talk about today. I'm going to explain for you. 
okay? The last two verses that Jim read a few minutes ago in 1 Corinthians 12 say, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in or by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So the ESV that we, he was reading from translate, translates the Greek preposition E-N-N as in. Many other, but the translation, the word can actually have several meanings. And most, most translations translate it as by. So by the Holy Spirit, we are baptized into Jesus. So yes, the question is, or the answer to the question is, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ, Jesus. So we're going to talk about two other baptisms. But the Holy Spirit, his baptism is into Jesus, into the body of Christ. So when you receive Jesus, well, we'll talk about it in just a minute. We'll get there in just a minute. So there's two other passages, though, that I have on the front of your outline that, explain, that, that uh, mention the other two baptisms we're talking about. Matthew 28, 16 through 20 is called the Great Commission. Says, uh, it says there, uh, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The second baptism is baptizing in water. So disciples, in your outline, that's on the back, the disciples baptize the believer in water. Okay, so we've got Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ, into Jesus. That's called being put in Christ. Okay, so in the, in the um, New Testament, especially in the, in, uh, the letters in the, at the end after the Gospels, um, it talks about being in Christ, like in Ephesians chapter 1, in Christ you are, and there's a whole list of stuff. Basically what happens is Holy Spirit comes inside of you when you ask Jesus in, and Jesus and you melded as one. He is in you in your spirit through the Holy Spirit, and you are in him. It says in the Bible in Ephesians 1 that we are now seated in heavenly places with him. I don't understand that. <laughs> but somehow, supernaturally, my spirit is up there with him now, even as we're speaking. And so is yours, if you know Jesus. Okay? Jesus is in you. You are in him. Okay? So that's the, second or that's the first baptism. Second is baptism, baptism in water. And then the third one is mentioned in Matthew chapter 3. I baptize, this is John the Baptist talking uh, as well. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Baptize, what is that? Baptizo, Greek, to dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge. So, Holy Spirit, again, first baptism is what we experience when we repent and ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and save us. This is the only baptism, by the way, required to get us into heaven. Okay? Now, wait. I thought that you were supposed to be baptized in water. Wait, wait, what, what? Well, think of the thief on the cross. Okay, this guy beside Jesus is being crucified. 
two thieves beside him. One curses him on one side. The other one says, don't you know? Why are you cursing him? We deserve being up here. He doesn't. And he says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. So that thief repented. He realized he deserved it. He was a sinner. But he looked to Jesus and received Jesus. Jesus, remember me. He was saved. And then he was baptized in the Spirit right there, or with the Spirit, in the Spirit. No, Holy Spirit baptized him into Jesus. Sorry, I get him confused. Holy Spirit baptizes him into Jesus. Okay, so he's going to be with him. He didn't get off. He didn't say, hey, guys, can you take me off? I need to go baptize in water because I just received Jesus. No, he still was in paradise. Okay, so to receive Jesus is what you need. That's the thing. You've got it. If you've done that, you have eternal life. Okay, however, there's more. Okay, there is more. So, um, so what else does Holy Spirit do on the back? So Holy Spirit is involved in the whole process of leading us to Jesus. Holy Spirit shows us our separation from God. Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, that we're unable to be good enough to earn favor with God because our nature is to sin. Holy Spirit not just doesn't give us the bad news. He also gives us the good news. Holy Spirit draws and woos us to Jesus. He reveals to us that Jesus loves us and wants to be in a relationship with us. And after we trust in Jesus, he comes inside, like I said, our spirits, gives us new life and a new nature. Look what it says quickly in Romans 6. He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Here it is. That's the first baptism. Baptized into Christ Jesus. Okay. And in 2 Corinthians, this is the amazing thing that happens. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse... Well, we're going to start at 14. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. We regard him thus, Jesus, no more. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So Holy Spirit changes us, seals us, protects us, and starts the journey of sanctification. What does that big word mean? It means being made holy. So... When you receive Jesus, Holy Spirit comes inside your spirit. But we have two other parts in our being. Our spirit, our souls, which is our mind, our will, and emotions, and our body. So sanctification is working what is in our spirit out into our minds, into our wills, into our emotions, and into our bodies. That is a journey that starts at salvation and ends when we get to heaven. Okay, It's a never-ending process. We, you know, it just happens, okay. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 talks about being in Christ and all the things that we have in him. You can look at that later. But it's amazing. Just to know who you are in Christ, guys, will change your life. Because the same power that was in Jesus is in you. 
So what we're going to talk about today is not really getting new power as much as it is, is activating the power that we already have in him. It's getting it out, okay? From this point on, we are in Christ, he's in us, okay? After being baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, Scripture tells us to be baptized in water. So that's the second baptism, okay? It's one of the first steps of obedience after giving ourselves to Jesus and becoming part of his body. So who does that? Well, Matthew 28 told us that disciples will baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the disciple baptizes us in water. Pastor, whoever, baptizes you in water. Why is that important? Well, this second baptism is the outward sign or symbol or manifestation of the baptism into Jesus, okay? It's one of the two things that Jesus really asked us to do, baptize, we've already read it, and then um, the Lord's Supper, communion, by the way, which we'll be doing next week at Seek Night 2. That'll be one of the options we'll be doing. Okay, so baptism in water is symbolic, but it's more than symbolic, okay? It's like, for me, it's like a line in the sand, okay, that says, publicly, you're saying to Jesus, to the devil, and to people, I am living for God. I have died to myself. I'm not living for myself anymore. And I am being raised up, and I'm going to walk in newness of life every day. That old man, the Bible says, was crucified with Christ. So you die, the old man is dead, that, that sin nature is dead. And we make a choice when we rise up to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit every day, which we're going to talk about. Okay, but it's a choice that we make, okay? Because there's still that body, because we still have a body, has yearnings that are not always godly. So we have to say, no, I'm not living. The old man is dead. I'm not going to give it any more life. I'm going to live in the power of God. I'm going to live in the power of the new man. Okay, so, so if we look at just quickly Romans 6. Four and five, he says, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So if you have not been baptized in water, you really need to. And we're going to do that next week. So you can sign up on your Connect card. You can sign up online. And they will send you everything you need. They'll tell you what to do and everything. So somebody will contact you. So do that. Most pro Christians have no problem with those first two baptisms. The third one is where the rub is for some. Okay? Because, again, Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus when we're saved. Disciples baptize us in water. But the third baptism that we've already read about, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Okay? So... That, I, I read to you, or it's on your outline, Matthew 3.11, okay, that, that statement, those statements that John the Baptist made are in all four Gospels, okay? Matthew 3.11, Mark 1.8, Luke 3.16, John 1.33. Now, why is that important? Because there's not many things that are mentioned in all four Gospels, okay? Now, the four Gospels are individual testimonies of what Jesus did on the earth when he was here, 
okay? They're written by four different people with four different perspectives. They're written to four different audiences, and they're written for four different purposes. So to get the full picture of Jesus and what he did, you really need to read all four Gospels. And you can actually buy something called the Harmony of the Gospels, which takes all those bits and pieces and puts them together in one story, really. And it's all the different parts put together. Because, again, there's some things that are mentioned in one gospel that are not mentioned in another. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. It meant that they weren't, that wasn't part of what they were trying to say. So you got to read them all together. But there's only a few things that are in all four gospels, okay? The beginning of Jesus' ministry is in all four gospels. The, be- the feeding of the 5,000 is all- in all four gospels. The triumphal entry on Palm Sunday is in all four gospels. Peter's betrayal of Jesus is in all four Gospels, and the death and resurrection of Jesus are all mentioned in all four Gospels, okay? But also, all four Gospel writers wanted us to know that Jesus was going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. So what does that tell you? This is important. It was important then, and it is important now, So after the resurrection, Jesus spent 40 days teaching the 11 remaining disciples. And at the end of those 40 days, Jesus bodily ascended as they were watching. Luke 24 and Acts 1 both tell us about this event, as does Mark at the end and Matthew 28, which we've already read. At the end of of Luke and the beginning of Acts, Jesus instructs the disciples what to do after he leaves. Now, the Great Commission is in Matthew 28 and Mark 16, but Jesus doesn't want them to do anything until they get the promise of the Father that John the Baptist talked about, which was what? The baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, 49, Jesus says, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Acts 1, starting in verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them. He commanded them, it says in the King James Version, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they come together, I'm skipping down here to verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he was said, and he said these things, as they were looking, he was lifted up, and the cloud took him up out of their sight. So the 11 disciples obeyed Jesus, and they stayed in Jerusalem, and they waited, and they prayed for 10 days until the day of Pentecost. And we've already talked about that. If you were here, we talked about Pentecost and what that was. It was a Jewish feast, and so they did that. They, stood, they stayed there. Now, and it says in Acts 1, it says um, they're in this upper room. They're praying. Uh, Peter and John and Mary, the mother of Jesus, his brothers, all of these people. 
It says, in fact, there was 120 men, it says. Now, if there's 120 men, now, Jewish culture, in the Bible especially, for some reason, doesn't mention you ladies, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, the Jewish culture kind of assumed the women were there. Okay, so it says 120 men. So you add their wives, that's 240. You add a couple of kids, that's 480. So we're thinking a large group of people, 500 people maybe, between three and 500 maybe people, are in this upper room praying. Okay, so in Acts 2, we find out what happened. We've already read this, but anyhow. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they're all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues of fire as of fire, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were in, in, uh, dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, who were there for Pentecost. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each one of us in his own native language? So all these people from the Middle East who were Jewish people came to Pentecost for Jerusalem. Uh, and there were thousands of them okay, who were there just for Pentecost. Somehow they heard these people up there in the upper room speaking in tongues. I'm assuming the windows were open. There were no windows. So they're babbling. <laughs> and all these people are like, what is that sound? And they get closer and they're like, hey. I hear they're talking about this guy who was crucified, Jesus. They're telling me all this stuff. So Peter now, Peter in the midst of all this stands up. Now, this Peter is the one who had betrayed Jesus three times 52 days earlier. Remember when Jesus is about to be crucified, they arrest him, and Peter follows at a distance. And somebody says, hey, aren't you one of those? He says, no, don't know him. Another one says, hey, aren't you one of him? No, don't know him. Three times. So this coward, Peter, is changed because he gets up and he preaches to these thousands of people. And he tells them what's going on. And he's bold. So he preaches this powerful sermon. And after that, 3,000 of them, of those people who were there, believed in Jesus, were baptized and added to the church in Jerusalem. So what made the difference in Peter's life? The promise of the Father the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Patterns of three. I want to show you three places in Acts where the three baptisms are stated or at least implied as being important. First, of course, in Acts 2, like we're talking about, you see the pattern of three. It says in 2.37, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart after his message and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for forgiveness of, sin, forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So repent is salvation. That's the baptism by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. Okay, so that's the first baptism. And then what did they do? Then they were being baptized in the name of Jesus. That's baptized in water. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that they had just received at Pentecost. Okay, secondly, in Acts 8, Philip, the evangelist, is preaching and teaching in Samaria. 
after persecution by Saul, drove many of them out of Jerusalem. Now notice, this is Philip the evangelist. This is not Philip, one of the 11. Okay? So already, things are spreading. It's not just the 11 that needed the power of the Holy Spirit and operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because there was the 500, and then there was the 3,000. Okay? So, we're going to talk about the timeline in a few minutes, but this is not like the next day after Pentecost. This is years later. Okay? So, um, it says... um, Okay, so it says these people listened to him because he was publicly delivering people from demons and healing the sick. It says, but when they believed Peter as he preached and good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. So first they believed what Peter was talking about, the kingdom of God, Jesus, and the name of Jesus, and they were saved and baptized into Jesus. And then they were baptized into water. Okay, then it says in verse 14 of that uh, same chapter 8, now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So we have all three baptisms in Acts 8. Notice it doesn't say that the apostles sent Peter and John to welcome them into the church and that they had everything they were needed, that they needed, okay? They were saved, they were baptized in water, but there was more that they needed, okay? Then we go to Acts 19, 1 through 6. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the land, uh, inland country, and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. So they were disciples. What does that mean? They were already Christians. They were believers. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when they believed? And they said, no. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. That's kind of like some of us, right? What? (laughs) Okay. Uh, And he said, well, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So in Ephesus, they were disciples. They believed in Jesus. They were baptized into the body of Christ, into Jesus. Then they were baptized in water in the name of Jesus. And then, finally, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So in the book of Acts, we see three different places where all three baptisms were shown as important. Just to give you an idea when these things happened, Acts 2, Pentecost was in AD 29, right after Jesus died, 50 days after. Okay, Acts 8 was in approximately AD 35, 36. So that is 36 years after. Pentecost. Acts 19 was about 80, 56, 57, almost 30 years after Pentecost. So, was it just for that initial time at Pentecost? Well, doesn't seem like it, does it? Because the same thing happened in Acts 8, 20 years later. Same thing happened in Acts 16, 30 years later. The same thing still happens today, okay? All three baptisms are important. Now, maybe Holy Spirit 
is drawing you right now? What is your next step? Some of you may be here for the first time. You're watching online. You just found us and you're watching online. You're kind of a seeker. You're kind of looking for God and you're checking us out for the first time. Maybe Holy Spirit's drawing you right now to take that first step of faith to repent, which means to change your mind and change your direction. Repentance means I'm going this way and it's not going too well. This is the way of sin, right? So you're like, Boom, 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 boom. Why is my life not going well? Boom, 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 boom. Well, it's because you're in sin, okay? So like the prodigal son, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit starts convicting you and drawing you like, oh, so you make a decision. You repent. You change your mind. You turn the opposite direction and say, I want salvation. I want Jesus. I want him in my life to forgive me. That's baptism number one, Okay? Some of you may be in that place now. You know you're separated from God. You can feel it. Today is the day for you to receive Jesus as your Savior and be baptized by the Holy Spirit into his body. That may be your first step. Or maybe you've asked Jesus into your heart in the past, but you've never been baptized in water. Um, we're having baptisms next Sunday. So you can sign up today for that. Again, it's symbolic, but it's more than symbolic. It's like... You are making a bold step when you're baptized. I'm going to live for Jesus. You can sign up and be baptized next Sunday. Finally, there may be some of you, you're here and you're like, what is that crazy guy talking about? Okay? Who've had the first two baptisms. You've been born again. You've received Jesus. The Holy Spirit's come inside of you. You've been baptized in water, but you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. In a moment, I'm going to pray with all of you who want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How do you receive it? You ask for it. What will happen? Hmm. Well, we know this, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Okay? Some of us, we're saved. We've been baptized we're in church. I have a friend who, uh, there's a team of people that I uh, hang out with who on Tuesdays we do street stuff. We tell people about Jesus. We feed them, and we offer to pray for them, and we uh, many times get to see them come to Jesus and actually have the experience we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. But anyhow, this lady said, I grew up in church. I was saved at a young age. She's 60, she's 63. She's a few years older than me, but anyhow. And she said, I knew, she said, I was living my life. I was teaching Sunday school. I was doing the best I knew how. But the devil was beating me up. Okay. My family, my daughter was addicted to drugs. You know, I raised her in church, but she had gone off and was, you know, away from God. And then she says, I heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, what? She grew up in a church like me that didn't really teach about it. And she received it. And she, her testimony is, my life changed. Her daughter now is right beside her mom leading people to Jesus. She was delivered from drugs. The addiction, the power of addiction was broken in her life. How? She received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit that we're talking about this morning. And she had never heard of it. They received it. They were changed. And they're both on fire witnesses. I mean, they're the first one that runs out and talks to somebody. 
and they give it to them, and they receive it. This, this lady, the older lady, Darla, she, she can get up in people's faces. <laughs> you need this power. I mean, and they, because she's so passionate, and so am I, okay? Because I was saved at 10, but I started looking around me, and I was like, there's got to be more, okay? There's people who do their thing on Sunday morning, and then the rest of the week, they're like living however they want. There's got to be more than just a Sunday morning ritual where you come and just check off some boxes, and then the rest of the week, you're like, oh, just suffered for Jesus so hard. Why is it so hard? Because you're doing it in your own power. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that your life is going to all be roses and glasses the rest of your life if you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you have power. You have the activation of the power that's already inside of you. That's getting it out. Okay? Now, in Acts, when this happened, when they were prayed for, what happened? They started speaking in another language. Okay? Now, do you have to? Well, you don't have to, but you can. Now, does that mean that you're giving a message in tongues as they talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 every Sunday and it has to be interpretation? No, we're talking about that. We're talking about a personal private language that the Holy Spirit gives you. It's called praying in tongues or praying in the Spirit. Now, <clears throat> I've had this experience for 45 years. Holy Spirit has never made me. Like, I was, I've never been in the middle of a church and all of a sudden, my tongue just goes, never happened, okay? Why? Because he doesn't force himself on you. He's not going to make you do anything. However, I'm just telling you, it's awesome. Why? Okay? Well, when we pray in tongues, there's a couple of things that's happening. Holy Spirit is praying through our voice. To me, it's like, op it's like opening the connection. Okay? I've got a spirit. I've got a soul. I've got a body. Okay? So when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit... It's like there's a connection that happens between your spirit man into your flesh and into your soul. And it, the connection opens. And then he gives you this language that it's Holy Spirit speaking through you and praying through you. So what do we do? Well, we declare the works of God when we pray in tongues. We glorify and magnify God. This is all in Scripture, by the way. We can pray a perfect prayer, and we're edified and built up. So I'm just a minute. I'm going to pray with all who want the baptism of the Holy Spirit all at once. I'm not expecting you to speak in tongues at your seat right after we pray out loud, okay? There's no pressure. Now, if something happens inside of you, and you can, you can do that to yourself. But I'm not expecting you to do that. However, if you're like, I want that, you can come down here afterwards, and we'll, I'll pray for you, okay? But it's going to happen. If you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's gonna, I believe it's going to happen sometime, maybe when you're by yourself. Okay, but next week, Pastor Roger is going to talk about, specifically about, does he speak in tongues? Okay, so he's going to answer a lot of those questions, and then we're going to have a time of prayer at the seek night, if you want this language part. Okay, so my question is, you, is to you, did you receive the baptism or the Holy Spirit when you believed? You did inside. I'm talking about the outside, on you. Remember, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes from who? Jesus. So you can trust him, and he's not going to give you anything bad. It's not like you, 
It's not like a demon's going to come inside of you when you receive them. No. It's Holy Spirit we're asking for. Okay? Luke eleven thirteen says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, this is when it's time to be bold, people. Okay? Now, I received this when I was by myself. Because the first time I heard about it was when I read a book. At the end of a, about this experience I'm talking about, at the end of the book, there was a prayer that I prayed by myself in my closet. And I did receive a language. Now, it started out really slow. I just said, Holy Spirit, give me a, give me a syllable. Just like when your children start to talk. Right? When they start to verbalize or start to talk, they don't say, hey, Mom and Dad, how's it going? Hope you have a great day. No, they say, ba, 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 da, 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 la, 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 whatever. Okay? Now, I'm not expecting you to do that in tongues. But anyhow, I so, at the end, when I prayed to receive this, I said, Holy Spirit, give me a syllable, something to say. And so, in my head, I heard Adonai. Now, for those of you who know the Bible, Adonai is one of the names of God. I didn't know that. I was 14. I didn't know that. Okay. So I just said, Adonai, 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 and Adonai. Now, at first, that's all I had. But I was faithful, and I kept doing that in my, when I was by myself. And within a couple of days, there was more. And it was like a language. And now, I don't have to think about it. I just opened my mouth, and I let Holy Spirit speak. Okay. So, if you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you are. It's not going to be goofy or weird. I'm not going to ask you to pray in tongues. I want you to swallow your pride. Stand up if you'd like to have the power that Jesus talked about in 1.8. Power to speak boldly and witness for him. Power to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit that Pastor, talked about last, Pastor Taylor talked about last week. It doesn't long, how, no matter how long you've long, known Jesus been a member of generation, doesn't matter. There's no shame in saying, I want more of Jesus, more of the Holy Spirit in my life. So go ahead, stand up if you want it. I'm, nobody's going to touch you. I'm going to pray from here. And so nothing weird is going to happen. The lights are down. Go ahead and stand up. Don't be embarrassed. I just want to pray with you and pray for you. So if you want this power I'm talking about, just stand up. Nobody needs to be looking around, okay? <laughs> So this is what I want you to do. I want you to put your hands out like this, like you're in the receiving mode. Okay? And we're just going to pray a prayer, asking Jesus, who is the one, to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. So I want you to pray out loud with me. You can close your eyes. Say, Jesus, say it out. If you, oh, by the way, if you've already done this, could you pray it out loud with me just so that it helps them feel better? Say, Jesus, I ask you, to baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come on me. Please give me the gifts you want me to have right now. I receive you and your gifts, whatever they are. I surrender my tongue to you. And give control of it to you to pray through me whenever it happens. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for those who are standing right now that they are hungry for you, Holy Spirit. 
and for the power that you give us to proclaim Jesus and his kingdom. I ask you right now to answer their prayer and give the Holy Spirit to rest on them for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.